Good evening, and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, January 13th, 2016. I hope everybody's off to a great start this month. And we are in 2016, if you can believe it or not. We have a great show this evening. We're going to talk about dating, which is kind of the roots from the Guys Guys movement. And we're going to talk about a dating app called WIM with its uh, the person behind it the CEO and founder of the WIM app, Eve Peters. She'll be out in a few minutes, and uh, let's get caught up on what's going on out there in uh, Guys Guys land. So we're into 2016. Here we are in New York City. Finally, the cold weather has kicked in here. It's been, uh, we had crazy weather, you know, at Christmas time and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, the whole holiday season and even New Year's, and then all of a sudden the weather... uh, got cool and then it got warm again it was like 60 uh in the 60s and uh now it's uh today was down in the 20s so uh looks like we're in january i mean it's supposed to be very cold now if uh, we think back last year we had records here for snow and it was snow was on the ground for like three months straight we haven't had any snow yet this year there was a couple of couple of flakes last night but um that's about it last night i went to see uh I went to see a one-man show, a guy I went to high school with, Brad Zimmerman. He's got a show called My Rise to the Middle. He's testing it out. Uh, it's the second time he asked me to come to both previews, if you will. It was interesting to see the process, having gone through it as a as a writer of uh, my novel and a novel I wrote before that, and the screenplay and TV pl- teleplay and uh, a lot of other stuff that, you know, the writing is uh, a lot of it is editing, as anybody knows. So it was interesting to see his show. His original show is My Life as a Waiter, a Jewish Tragedy. And uh, this is the second in the installment on his uh, rise to the middle. And what happened, really, this guy was a friend of mine from high school, great athlete, very popular guy, and uh, kind of went off the grid and uh, started studying. He wasn't the funniest guy in high school or anything by any means, either. He's kind of a quirky guy. Um and he on a mission to uh, become a comedian and actor. And uh, he finally got his one man show. And it's about his time working as a waiter and then becoming a, uh, a creator of a one man show. And he, he was a warm up guy for Joan Rivers, for George Carlin, for Ray, uh, Brad Garrett, who was uh, in the Ray Romano show. And it's amazing. He really did a great job. So uh, if you get a chance, to see Attaboy, well, it's not called Attaboy Zimmy anymore. It's called My Life as a Waiter, a Jewish Tragedy. And now the follow-up is going to be called My Rise to the Middle. So check that out. What else is going on? Well, we've got in Guy's Guy land, uh, a lot of us are into football. And uh, it seems like the uh, St. Louis Rams are going back to L.A. And one other team will join them there. So there's going to be two football teams in L.A. And if you can believe it or not, it's been about 20 years since there's been football in L.A. You know, this is probably the second. I think it's the second biggest market in the U.S. So that's pretty amazing. And now we've got the uh, best weekend of the season where we have four football games and it's eight teams left in the final two. Uh, final four battle it out next week. And then uh, then there's the Super Bowl. So it's been an interesting football season. And we had crazy games this past weekend with uh, some cheap shots. And then the kicker on the Minnesota Vikings missed that chip shot. And it just shows what a wacky, quirky game football is. But people love it. And it's very visual. And it's built for the TV. What else is happening? Powerball. 
$1.5 billion. Now, I don't think the winner gets $1.5 billion. I know the drawing is tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but uh, I think that's what the value is of the payout over well, however many years, 20 years or 25 years or whatever. So I think if you took a lump sum now with the taxes taken out, you'd get about $600 million. So I'm sure you could live off that. So if you haven't gotten your ticket yet and you're interested Now's the time because it's going to be a line. You know, it was interesting. Last night I was out and I went to see my friend's one-man show at Symphony Space on Broadway and 95th Street. And uh, as I was walking home, and I don't, I never, I rarely, rarely play any kind of lottery type stuff. But I did for the Powerball about a week ago. I walked past the newsstand. I'm like, I'm going to buy a ticket. I didn't even know how to buy the ticket. I just said, Powerball, here's $2. And that's all. That's all I had to do. And then yesterday I walked past a, a, a little place, a little newspaper place, and uh, did the same thing. So I've got my ticket, and we'll see what happens. And I, my wife asked me, because she bought a ticket too, like, what will you do if you win? And uh, I told her, I think I'd learn a lot about myself. I take care of a lot of people, but I think I'd learn a lot about myself in terms of what I do with that money. So anyhow, let's see what happens. I hope best of luck to everybody. Uh, and we'll see. Elsewhere, we had the president last night gave his last State of the Union address, and then we had a lot of uh, pushback on it from the Republicans. And we were heading, you know, we're making the turn into 2016 to get into the election. And uh, you've got Donald Trump out there, you've got Hillary, you got Bernie Sanders, you got Ted Cruz, and it's pretty wild and woolly. And I think this is going to be the ugliest, most mudslinging, dirtiest campaign in the history of the United States politics. And in, and I think I think we already know who's going to win. But let's see how it plays out. But it's going to be very, very interesting. How are you doing with your New Year's resolutions, I'm wondering? It's January 16th. By now, people are still in the gym, but we'll see how long that lasts for a lot of folks. And a lot of people, they don't drink the month of January. A lot of the bars and the clubs and the liquor stores, they complain because people are going dry every January now. And I've done that in the past a number of times. Um, this year, my resolution has been to kind of just really manage my fitness, my weight, my health, do a lot of meditation, just keep things, keep a lid on things and really focus. And, uh, it's not quite as quantitative as like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, but uh, I know, actually, I know exactly what weight I want to be at. And it's about 10 pounds away, but I'm feeling good. I'm in good shape and still running outside. I mean, last year, I don't run if it's ice on the ground or anything like that. Those days are gone. But, um, you know, uh, I haven't run in under 30 degree weather yet this year. So I think I may be able to run for 12 months straight, which is great. Otherwise, I have to get on the old elliptical, which I enjoy, but it's not the same as running because if you get on the elliptical, you go on there for about six weeks or whatever, and you go back outside and run for the first time, it's still like, you know, it's still a, it's a change. You use different muscles. So anyhow, I hope everybody's having their New Year's resolutions intact, keeping them intact and doing what they can to make this a great 2016. I got a lot of stuff I want to accomplish and also working with my with my divine self, if you will, to put the power into the hands of the universe and have that power make things happen through me. Think about it. That's how things work anyhow. 
So let's talk about the guys, guys movement a little bit. It all started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. It's kind of, uh, it's been compared uh, to a male sex in the city. And um, the book's available. Best place to probably pick it up, uh, easiest is, you know, go on Amazon or online. You get the physical copy or a digital copy uh, ebook, but, uh, and you can read the reviews on Amazon. I think you'll be pleased. Um, I blog every week at robertmanny.com. We've got over 250 blog posts, everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. A lot of the content is syndicated. We've got lots of videos on there also. Facebook, Robert Manny Author. Twitter, at Robert Manny. YouTube, Robert Manny Author. We've got a series of videos, the whole Guys, Guys movement, and some Q&As from uh, some readers and listeners out there. As always, all of our podcasts for Guys Guys Radio can be heard on Blog Talk Radio. We're usually on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., but they're all warehoused uh, on Blog Talk Radio. You can download whatever you want for free. You can subscribe also, and we're on iTunes, and you can just subscribe on iTunes or just listen to uh, whatever podcast we want to hear. So I thank you all for the support, and I ask you if you if you want a fun read to pick up my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. That started the whole thing. And we started around Guy's Guy's Radio around relationships, and we branched it out. We talked to people in the entertainment business. We talked to athletes. We talked to, talked to a lot of uh, spiritual teachers, authors. and But primarily, where our roots are is about relationships. And when, when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And as part of that, you know, dating is what's happening. And there's so many single people of all ages out there. And um, there's a lot of, uh, it's not like in the past where you guy would go into the bar and it's like, uh, hi, my name is Lou. Can I buy you a drink? And then it's trial and error that way. Now there's a whole screening process. Everybody's doing things. First it was online, match.com, things like that. I actually met my wife. She winked at me on match.com. She had a free trial three days. She winked at me. I was the only person she went out with, and we got married. And she could have had the pick of the litter, believe me. So I feel very fortunate. And, think, and I had been on Match on and off. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you have to learn how to work the system. But it's work, and it takes time. And uh, now it's apps. We've got Tinder, Grinder. if you're gay, Bubble, I think it is, Happen, and now there's Wim. And Wim is a an app that our guest, Eve Peters, is going to talk about. So let me tell you a little bit about Eve. Hold on a second. I get my info here. The question is, is the abundance of dating apps actually killing the act of dating? Well, not anymore. Eve Peters is the creator of the dating app Wim, and she's going to join us now to discuss how our app is putting the dates back into dating. The app has choose the traditional messaging model and instead focuses on getting users together to test the in-person chemistry. If you want to call us up, if you have a question, the number is 347-945-5834. 347-945-5834. So Eve, is, uh, she's been involved in the online dating space as both a product lead and a customer for eight years. She's experimented with at least a dozen dating apps lamenting the time and energy wasted in moving past the messaging zone into the real-life date zone. And ain't that the truth? In fact, just like other online daters, she found herself spending over an hour a day managing messages and potential dates. And only a fraction of those conversations culminated in real-life plans. So now she's got, a, she's got an app that delivers the efficiency that I think daters are looking for in that 
once you start communicating, uh, Wim will help you set up an actual meeting at a place that suits both of your interests. And that's after, of course, you decide that you're interested in each other. And then when you get there in person, it's up to you. But uh, I'll let Eve tell us about that and bring her on right now, our special guest, Eve Peters and Wim. Good evening, Eve. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. So I've got a lot of questions for you. Let's start with um, the big picture, though, first of all. The state of dating, and you're, since you're an expert in this area, you're, you're a millennial, I, I'm taking it. Yes, not Gen X, millennial? Just just barely. I'm okay. in my early 30s. Okay. So that's good because you can kind of bridge the gap a little bit. So you're an expert on both. So what do you think right now? What is the state of dating and compare it to what was going on, in your opinion, five years ago even? Sure. So things have changed a lot and very quickly. Um, in the past few, just the past few years with the rise of Tinder and then all the other mobile dating apps that have followed, um, finally what we're enjoying uh, on the positive note is that the stigma against online dating has gone away. So even five years ago, uh, there was still a pretty heavy stigma. It was still dominated by players like Match.com and OkCupid. Um, Tinder came about and was just so popular that it, it ruled out that stigma. Now what we have is problems that come when these apps are now so mainstream that if you're single and you're in an urban center, you're probably on four or five of them at once, and you're spending maybe one to two hours a day flipping through matches, messaging people, getting your hopes up about them, and it's just a very different way of spending time and approaching the problem um, of finding a viable partner. And I think it's one of those cases where the technology kind of came and surged ahead of where the culture was, and now culture and society is trying to catch up and figure out how to use it in a healthy way, um, and things are a little bit disjointed. We haven't really settled into sustainable behavior around dating apps yet. Uh, so you think the attitude then about um, online and now apps has, has changed dramatically, has kind of broken through over the last five years? And, and if so, why do you think what's made that change? Yeah, so this is the effect that the dating apps are, are having on us. So the first, and this is you know pretty heavily discussed in the media, the dating apps now give us this feeling and to some extent a reality of endless choice. Um, so that's playing into people's tendency to be perfectionists or almost like overly trying to optimize um, their search for the perfect partner. And so that leads to people being uh, more hesitant to commit to somebody early on because there is always this feeling of somebody more perfect for you right around the corner. Um, whereas before, I think um, it was more likely that if you met somebody serendipitously at a bar or in an elevator or on the street and something struck you about them, you'd, you'd be able to sustain that excitement about them and focus on them a little longer. You'd go on more dates with them instead of, you know, maybe you'd still continue seeing them, but very casually because you wanted to keep the door open for all of the other um, people uh, coming up on your dating apps. I mean, some people even refer to that, that chain of matches that you get on dating apps as a pipeline. So it's almost like people are starting to run their dating lives more like a business. Um, which I think takes a lot of the 
the joy and ultimately um, the potential for emotional satisfaction out of it. That's like Salesforce.com, right? But for dating. Yeah, in a way it is. And what do you think? We'll get into the app. We're going to get deep into the app, but just from a perspective of what what is the biggest, based on all of this happening culturally, where we're moving, where I, you know, to me, the online, the apps there, they're very good. The, the online specifically is very good for women because they can do a lot of uh, winnowing out of uh, of guys before having to meet them. They don't have it's it's mm-hmm. it's more efficient. But on the flip side, you've got all those other choices. But what do you hear from other women in terms of what is the biggest issue with dating today? What's the problem? Yeah, what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of frustration with the time and energy that they're spending um, meeting people through these apps. So your your typical uh, single person in an urban area will maybe have 50 matches on an app, um, but only really get a conversation going with like five to 10 of those 50. And then of those five to 10, only one or two will culminate in a real life date. And so at the end of the day, that ends up being a lot of time and energy wasted. And then when you finally get to that date with those, that one or two people, it's still often a disappointment because there's been all of this investment up front um, and then that leads to people having this feeling of like of burnout. You know, people love dating apps. They're pumping on them every day. Um, but then they're also complaining about them a ton saying, you know, the guy, I thought he was going to be great because he said he likes this and that in his profile and our texting chemistry seemed so great. But then I met him in person and either he was uh, clearly noncommittal or he was actually really awkward in real life or he didn't look like his pictures. Um, so it's kind of that, it's like we, we build up our hopes and dreams while we're still in the online world. And then when we get to the offline world, uh, it can be very, dis- and often is very disappointing. And what do you hear from, uh, and that was a very app-focused response. I was kind of talking <laughs> from a bigger picture, but I understand. How about from a, from the guys you talk to? What, what's their biggest beef about dating nowadays? I mean, to be honest, I'm hearing the same feedback from both men and women. I mean, for for both men and women today, the date, actively dating means using these dating apps, and the frustrations um, are similar for both of them. Maybe there's a little bit more of, uh, on the women's side, complaining about guys not committing and, like, dating three or four women at once. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe there's a little bit more complaint um, from the men's side about, um, women just not seeming as like charming or as beautiful as they hoped they would be. Um, but overall, it's I think the unifying theme across both genders is like this feeling of um, of di- just disappointment when they get to that real life result. Okay, so let's let's get into your uh, the WIM product. So talk to us a little bit about uh, WIM. What was the tipping point for you in terms of aha moment where I've got to develop this? How does it work, uh, et cetera? Give us, you know, go ahead uh, and tell us all about it. Yeah, sure. So um, I think this, like the seedling of the idea started for me actually like literally 10 years ago. I was using um, Match.com 
uh, and J-Date to meet people. And so, you know, I was doing, on the websites, the messaging component was even more important and um, was sort of trying to adapt to that and message people back and forth and ultimately set updates with them. And what I found was, what really surprised me was there was like this inverse correlation. The people that seemed the most awesome in their emails to me turned out to be the biggest as in real life. And the people who really didn't impress me often over email uh, often surprised surprised me pleasantly in real life. And so... Why do you think that is? I realized... I, Why do you think I think it's is? just because, like, the way you are, your writing personality and your texting personality is mm-hmm. just not a great proxy for how you're going to be in real life. I think they're two... Um, sometimes correlated, but often not, uh, very different sort of skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, some people are charming in, in both forums, and some people are the opposite of charming in both forums. Um, but the big revelation that came about for me pretty quickly it was just that I can't base my decisions about who I'm going to meet uh, on the way that they're texting or emailing. You know, aside from really obvious blatant things, like if somebody's emailing me something lewd or like lewd pictures or something, then obviously I'm not going to go meet them. But for everyone else falling into that um, gray area or better, uh, it was just a a tough predictor. Okay, so how did you go about, just from a business standpoint, you see that there's some white space in the marketplace, there's a need to be filled. What did you do? Yeah, so, well, quite a bit of time elapsed um, between then and when I started WIM. So I think that was the seedling of the idea. And then, you know, the aha moments kind of um, came and grew gradually while I was uh, I was working at OkCupid Labs for a while. So I had a good amount of discussion with people about their dating app habits and just kept hearing um, over and over again these similar themes of um, of, you know, disappointment and frustration with the process. Um, so mm-hmm. this idea that we need to help people get face-to-face sooner and faster was really brewing um, for quite some time. I can't say that there was another uh, huge aha moment so much as it was just like a, a, a consistency of feedback um, from friends and peers and uh, users of other dating apps. And so when I left OkCupid Labs, um, I actually at that at that very moment, I was debating between two businesses, but ultimately realized I was really passionate about this mission of, of helping people get together um, more efficiently and more delightfully. And uh, so I teamed up at first with a couple of former colleagues from there, um, and we started working on, on some mock-ups and ideas and um, eventually built a team, a small team here in San Francisco, and um, we just launched the app in the iOS app store uh, last August. Great. So tell us, you know, you sent me the five steps, but why don't you explain to our audience the, how the app actually works? Sure. So on whim, you log on to the app, you make a profile. Um, it's optional to connect Facebook. You can if you want to just to make it easier, but you don't have to. Um, so that's pretty similar to other dating apps. Then um, what's really different about it is once you make your profile, we then ask you what nights are you free uh, for a date this week. And so of the next seven nights, you can elect whichever nights uh, you're free for a date, and you can even specify the neighborhood that is going to be convenient for you to go 
uh, on a date. And then we present you with options, other people from our user base that match your preferences for ethnicity and religion and education level, height, age, geography, et cetera. And um, we're showing you not just people who are free at the same time, but um, just people overall who are good matches for you. And then mm -hmm. you're going through each of them and you're indicating which ones you're willing to meet, which ones you're not willing to meet. And then what the app does is as soon as two people who have said they both want to meet each other, as soon as we know that they are free uh, on the same night in roughly the same place, we'll set up a date. So we'll actually pick a specific bar or cafe for them to meet at, and then we'll put them in touch saying, for example, Robert, you have a date with Samantha Thursday night, and we suggest Harry's bar, but you should text or call her to confirm. And then we give you her phone number. And uh, so we're, we're not expecting you to actually show up without chatting at all, um, but you've already got this date set. And that's sort of the understanding um, that really makes it a whole different experience because then you're not wasting time being like, hey, Samantha, I really like your profile, and then like waiting five days to hear back from her. Okay. Let me ask you a question because I know there's more because there's a follow-up thing that you guys do, which I think is great. You know, a lot of guys have issues with planning a date. Um, to me, this is the perfect app for guys because they don't have to go through all that thinking and matching up like what does she like to do and how can I, how can I come up with a great idea. So that's kind of nice. Um, so that's a definite benefit for guys. Now for women, how do you see this being a benefit for women? I'm not saying it's not by any means. I'm just, you know, from your perspective, what this is, there's an obvious thing that for guys, you know, guys are lazy as well as they're not great at planning sometimes. <laughs> what, mm -hmm. what can women get out of this? I know it saves time, but what else? Sure. So I think um, aside from the efficiency, it, it helps women uh, not spend that like emotional investment getting their hopes up mm -hmm. so high um, based on the texting. Um, again, like just looking at somebody's profile and then exchanging texts with them can really put you in a, a mindset where you're, you're so excited for the state and you're you're going into it. You haven't even met the person in real life and you're, you're getting excited. Like, Oh, he could be the one, um, you know, women often have these sort of romantic tendencies. And I think when, saves women from that a little bit, uh, giving them this feeling of, you know what, this is just a quick drink. Like, I'm just going out on a whim. I said I was free Friday anyway, and this guy happens to be free Friday. Um, and so I think it facilitates going into the dates with more ease, which uh, benefits both genders, really. Mm -hmm. No, uh, I agree. Um, so how does it work when somebody needs to reschedule, number one, or mm -hmm. if somebody says, oh, you know, Maybe they don't want to go to the place, even though it makes perfect sense because they used to date the bartender or something like that. So how do you handle those? <laughs> you know, people are so picky to begin with, but how, how do you handle the, you know, scheduling and the place, the issues with somebody like, I don't want to go there or whatever? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. So right now in the app, once the date is set up, um, that's kind of as far as the app takes you. At that point, you're you're in touch um, using the other person's real phone number, usually via text message, although you can call them if you want, um, to say something like, hey, so does Harry's bar at 8 on Thursday actually sound good to you? And quite often we hear from our users that they end up changing the venue or changing the time a bit, and that's really up to them. Um, mm -hmm. I think 
in the future, we'd like to build more functionality into the app to actually um, assist with that process. So maybe we can uh, help them find another date that they're mutually available and or suggest an alternate place for them to meet. Um, but, but what's interesting is even when people aren't taking our exact suggestion for where and when to meet, they're still getting to that date a much higher yep. percentage of the time than mm-hmm. um, two people who have matched on another app. Mm-hmm. And then um, I know there's another step. So they go out on the date, and then afterwards you guys follow up. So tell us how that works. Sure. So it's it's a similar uh, process to how Uber and Lyft collect feedback after every ride. Um, so after your date, um, the next day uh, you'll get a little message from us asking how it went. And that's where you can, you know, you can let us know how your date was, um, if you rescheduled, and then we'll prompt you for feedback again. Um, that's also where users can let us know if there was any inappropriate behavior or if the person mm-hmm. flaked. Um, flakiness, right. uh, I should have mentioned it earlier, but flakiness is a huge problem sure, in dating sure. today. Both men and women are complaining about it. Um, and, you know, I think a sort of side goal that we have is to try to um, – reduce the amount of flakiness and the angst that that causes. Um, So if we, for instance, uh, see repeatedly that a certain user is setting updates and then not following through on them, then we will boot him off of our system. Okay. Tell us a little bit about it because you mentioned, you know, the the kind of the creepy factor. Going into it before they get to the date, I know you have a team of experts in-house. Tell us how you kind of do some type of filtering, if you will, for creepiness. Right. So um, unlike some of the other apps, we actually have like real human beings reviewing and approving every mm-hmm. profile that comes into the system. Um, and there's some, you know, some things that are just really hard to automate. And um, for instance, you know, like creepy pictures, how are you going to build an algorithm right. to detect what's creepy? But if you're, um, if you're a female and you're looking at these pictures, like you know it and feel it when you see it. Um, so you know, we have certain objective standards. Like we don't permit nudity or indications of violence or profanity. Um, so those right. are out without a question. Um, and then, you know, anything that's just suggestive of something that would basically the bar is like, you know, what would make anything that would make a young woman uh, in her late teens or early 20s or older feel uncomfortable, we don't really want that to be um, right. to be a part of our community. And same thing if there's a, Sometimes there are uh, female profiles that um, might make people uncomfortable as well. Really? How so? How so? Um, yeah. it, it's, hard, it's a little it's difficult to get into the specifics. Just but again, curious. I think it's something that you <laughs> something like something you know um, when you see it. Uh, you know, maybe there's like it's like a really grainy photo, and there's like something going on in the background that looks okay. unsavory. Uh, things it. like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is Guys Guys Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Robert Manny. We're speaking with Eve Peters, the CEO of WIM and uh, the WIM app. And, um, you know, Guys Guys Radio is a place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So we wanted to get this app out to everybody, get an awareness of it. So tell us, um, tell us how much it costs and uh, where are you in the process of marketing this now? How can people find out about it? Um, is it San Francisco only? Is it in beta? Is it free? Is it going to be a monthly subscription? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so right now, uh, anybody anywhere in the U.S. can download the app. Uh, and the 
cool thing about getting it now is because we're still so early, we're actually offering legacy memberships uh, to anybody who signs up now. Um, so that means it will be free. No matter what features we add, no matter what revenue model we implement in the future, it's going to be free for life for you if you download it now. And you can easily uh, find out wow, more about it and download it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, excited about that. Um, you can easily find out more about it and download it at downloadwhim.com. And we are currently live in San Francisco and L.A. Uh, we'll be launching New York in just a couple of weeks, which we're really excited about. Um, so what that means, if, for example, if you're in New York and you download it now, you will be able to sign up and secure that legacy membership. Um, however, you won't be able to browse matches quite yet. Mm-hmm. And who is your, uh, who's your, you know, realistically, who's your target? Are you going millennial, X, boomers? Is it age agnostic? What do you think? That's a great question. We're initially targeting uh, people 25 to 40 in urban centers. So we're mm-hmm. targeting a little bit older than um, many of the other dating apps because the people to whom women appeals the most are those who, A, are looking for something uh, a little bit more serious, like looking for an actual relationship, um, and B, people who have already spent time on the other apps and experienced the kind of wasted time and frustration um, that comes along with them. You know, I think for a lot of people coming in college or coming straight out of college, the other apps are fun. Um, It's fun to, like, just browse people. I've been told by a lot of people in their early 20s, you know, it's less less about meeting in real life and more just like a game. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm watching TV. Like, I'll swipe through people. It's kind of fun. Um, but when you get into your later 20s and older, uh, you're typically busier with work, so you have less time on your hands. Right. And two, you're actually hungering a little bit more for um, a meaningful real-life relationship. Yeah, and it's tough. Uh, my niece, she's in her 30s, and she's divorced. She has a kid. And I'm like, oh, how's it going out there? And she picks up the phone, and she said, every guy is cheating with this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she explained that, you know, so many guys are on so many different apps and digital, you know, websites that um, it's everybody's just disposable. So, and I, I, yeah. I've even, I found that with women too, when I was on match on and off on match back in the day, um, you know, I, I could tell pretty quickly if somebody was a player uh, or, or not. Some people wanted that relationship mm-hmm. and some people were dating, you know, like uh, in a frenzy, which is fine. I mean, you have to figure out, you have to have your own filtering process to figure out as in anything else in life, what the other person wants. And if you fit what they want, it's, it's marketing, you know, what do they want? Mm -hmm. Do I have what they want? And uh, if not, then you move on. What I like about your app is you cut out that there is a time frame. I used to have this thing, Eve, when I would, I had it down to a science. I was on and off match for a couple of years and it resulted in marriage and I'm married for five years now and we have a little two-year-old. So it worked out and it can work out. But I used to say, all right, no winks. I never wink at a woman. Number two, uh, if she winks at me, that's okay. Women can wink, but men can't wink. Three, uh, (laughs) if she sends me a note or if I'm interested, I'll send a note back and I'll mention something. I'll read her profile twice. If she says anything negative in the profile, she's out. She has no photo, she's out. If she uh, has something interesting in her profile, I'll mention it in a short note. And then if she writes back, then I'll write back and give her my phone number. Now she can either call me or send me her phone number. At that point, we talk on the phone. There's different energy there. 
If that seems to work out, then we'll go out on a date. And it worked out fine. Then I, then my wife winks at me and I went through the process and I got to the point where let's talk on the phone. And she said, no, we don't need to talk on the phone. Let's just meet. And I'm thinking, well, that's my rule though. It works. You gotta, <laughs> the energy changes when you hear somebody's voice. And I said, Mm-hmm. Okay, this one time, rules are made to be broken. It's dating. Have fun. I met her, and we're married. So <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> it's, it, just, a, just a quick story there, but it seems like you really uh, take that, that the hole in the donut, which spends so much time and can be so um, inefficient, and where you have one expectation of somebody, like you said, where somebody might not be a good communicator uh, email or texting or whatever, but then you meet them and it's a whole different ball game. Key is getting people together face to face because ultimately, if you're going to connect, you're going to connect in the uh, offline space, not the online space. So I love what you're doing. So tell us anything else that you want our listeners to know about the product, and um, then I'll let you go from there. But just take the take the lead here and tell us what we need to know. Cool. Well, I think one thing that popped into my mind is. Um, that this is not just my personal theory about chemistry, that sociologists have recently come out and said, you know, the best way, like, the best way to predict real-life chemistry is simply to meet face-to-face. Like, there's, we're so mm-hmm. limited when we try to do it um, via online, via algorithms. You know, there's been so much, um, like, so, quote-unquote, relationship technology, like pre- supposed predictive algorithms about who's going right. to be a better mate for somebody else. But mm-hmm. you just, there's so many intangibles, right? And sociologists of um, Eli Finkel and uh, another guy named Rosenberg um, have come out and sort of asserted that, that truth. Um, you know, I also just wanted to mention, as you were telling your story, uh, it made me think about how, how sad it is, that kind of reluctance to focus on one person when you were talking about people dating in a frenzy um, yeah. it's like there's this kind of like frenetic energy around it with people where mm-hmm. they like they can't stop and they're working themselves into a tizzy and that's that's not healthy. Um, it's not going to make them happy. It's not going to lead them to something successful. Uh, it's like with anything in life, you've got to take a mindful to dating. So just because these apps absolutely enable us to go on a date like every other night, but that's just too much. Um, it's going to be too much noise, too much data. Yep. Uh, so I think, you know, pacing yourself uh, is really important uh, with these apps. Yeah, there's something to be said for a little mystery and romance too, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's like bring serendip- like at least a semblance of serendipity back into the process. And that's mm-hmm. part of um, what I love about women, what we're really striving for is, we, you know, I acknowledge that um, – technology in some ways is making dating so much better. Like we now can, we have a a bigger pool of people to choose from because of dating apps. And that's a good thing. And that's Mm -hmm. an undeniable fact. Um, But at the same time, let's try to not let that uh, turn people into commodities or make them disposable and um, still give like real life, uh, you know, real life encounters a chance. So we're really trying to bring together those, that world where serendipity does good things for you uh, while technology does good things for you as well. Awesome. And then once again, where can people find uh, the the app so they can download it and get that legacy membership? They can download it from the iTunes App Store. 
either by just searching for WIM, W-H-I-M, we should be the first thing that pops up, um, or they can go directly to the WIM page on the App Store by going to downloadwim.com. Great. And Eve, do you have anything else in the pipeline? Any other ideas you're working on? You don't have to tell us what are, what they are necessarily, but just out of curious, is this like is it all you know you all in on WIM, of course, but is this going to be you're going to be uh, developing apps? I mean, what's your what's your personal goal? Just out of curiosity. Uh, to be honest, I am all in on WIM for at least right. the next several years, and so that's <laughs> that's all I can really imagine. It's trying to make I think you know. Finding love is one of the most important things we do in our lives, so I'm happy to dedicate myself fully to that for a good oh, while. That's great. Well, thank you. That's fantastic, and I really I'm glad you came on the show. And you know, I I, I as I had mentioned uh, earlier, um, before we got on the air, uh, just when we we're going through the process of chatting with each other a little bit, that you know, I, I sometimes I don't like to take p- people on with a product, but you have a good story, and your product is something that is destined and uh, focused on helping people. And um, to me, anything that helps the issue of there's not enough love in the world, um, I'm all for. So I'm happy to have you on here. And I thank you for being our guest. And it sounds like you've got a great app. If I was single, I'd download it. I might anyhow, just to test it. I'm just kidding. Uh, but it sounds fantastic. <laughs> and I, uh, if I was single, I would definitely be all over it. So thank you so much. And send me a, send me an email. Let me know when it's in New York. I'll tell. We'll do a little promo on it or something for you. I definitely will. And thank you so much for having me. It's been great chatting with you. Oh, okay. Me too. Thanks so much. So Eve Peters, WIM is the app. She's been our special guest on Guys Guys Radio. Okay, that's our show for this evening. Um, next week, we've got the author Marie Angie Fagarolas, who wrote the book called Angels, The Definitive Guide, and it's a big, fat, 500-page book. I've got it right here. I've been thumbing through it, and I'm going to be reading it over the weekend, but that should be a great show. So I want to thank everybody once again, all our listeners, for uh, being with us, sticking with us through, oh, geez, we're up like uh, 150 podcasts now and growing. So uh, it's been great. Again, you can listen to all of our podcasts on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. And remember always that guys, guys finish first.